Welcome to Upholding Matters, a podcast devoted to talking about what matters. Now, I was raised to believe that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness were things that mattered. And certainly they are the unalienable rights that Jefferson wrote about in the Declaration of Independence. We will talk about how to uphold them, how they hold us up, and why that matters. Welcome to Upholding Matters. I'm your host, David Paul. Today is our 45th episode. 45. You know, we had 44 last time, and there's that long-held controversy. What's the most powerful round? The 44 Magnum, the 45 stopping power, all of that. You can compare things down to, and it just comes down to preference, which you prefer or which is the tool you need for the job you're doing. And I think that's all part of preparation. When you're prepared, you're confident, and you just perform better. You know you can do it. And I want to get to this before I forget. You know, I told you last time about Bohemian Rhapsody, and I was waiting to see A Star is Born with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Well, I saw it. The Gaga is everything you'd think. I mean, what a... Just like the Freddie Mercury, except here she does an inverse thing. She's really a star, and she plays a up-and-coming star. It's it's a fantastic performance. And I have to tell you, we had snow today, which is rare. I got my windshield wipers fixed. The guy did it for nothing. And... Um, they don't make that noise. It, that's triumph in itself. But I you know, went to a couple of meetings today and a few this week, and I've been fortunate. And I'm enveloped in comfort at these meetings because sometimes they're contentious, and none of the ones I'm going to talk about were particularly contentious. But there was a lot of energy and a lot of passion, and it just felt good to be with all the people that are trying to make the world a better place. So today, tonight, I went to a meeting. It was with the sheriff's department, and, you know, there was a ruling. We've talked about that by the Justice Department, and there were terms. So the department gets monitored, and they have to produce a certain uh, level of certain things. There's different criteria. And... You know, one of them is training, and one of the problems they run into is they do the training and just inputting all the records and all that becomes burdensome. So they might be out of compliance just because they can't keep up with the bookkeeping. So here you have a room full of citizens at the Antelope Valley Partners for Health headquarters where they have a lot of meetings, and it's the sheriff's department the sheriff's monitoring team, the um, sheriff's advisory board. There's a lot of people that are connected in trying to make this stuff work, and certainly a lack of data entry when it just isn't possible isn't a huge mark. So generally they're in compliance with everything and things move on, and there's genuine cooperation to justify traffic stops and it made me kind of feel really good because 
they're actually working on this. So certainly all these things are intricately tied to race relations. And that's why it seems, you know, almost, I don't know, prophetic or something that this other business, this Jesse Smollett guy in the news, and at first it seemed like, whoa, you know, a gay actor beaten up with guys screaming uh, stuff and mega hats or it's just uh, wound up being his buds. They're black guys and he paid them and paid them with a check. And there's all sorts of videotape and the Chicago police cracked the case like an omelet sandwich. I mean, I don't know, cracked the case quickly and it's a uh, testament to what law enforcement can do when they put their mind to solving something. And the futility, I think it points to of being stupid or not conceiving of what you're doing. I mean, this guy, this actor, wanted more money on his TV show. He only gets $65,000 an episode. So, yeah, you can see how it'd be hard to live on that. But he wanted more, and he concocted this thing, and the way they went about it was absolutely comical. So, but what's not funny is the damage it does, because people came to his defense, and he makes a mockery of any kind of hate crime that actually occurs like this. And they still occur like that, and hopefully not like that or with that any frequency. You know, I mean, people do crazy things and people hate other people. And I can't even think of how long the list would be of Jews and Arabs. And, you know, I mean, it's crazy stuff. Bears, Packers, it, it, you can have rivalry, but it's like at the city meetings I've been to lately, People are actually trying to solve the problem. So they have their differences. They're not killing each other. They're not even killing each other with words. A lot of times there is an effort to just kill each other with kindness. And so here we are tonight at this sheriff's advisory meeting. And there were a few things that startled me. Or, you know, I mean, you think about these things. And I, I joke about identity theft and just keeping credit that no one would steal. And that's not exactly true, but you know, I'm not rolling in money and I don't have anything worth stealing. Plus I have LifeLock. So anybody tries to mess around with stuff, they don't even pay. And it's, it's sad because, you know, if you think about this and I haven't, someone steals your identity and they get a ticket or commit a crime or people can commit a crime and tell the police it's a form of identity theft, that they're you, then you have a record. And the only way to clear it is to go to court. And the one woman said, yeah, you walk into court with a warrant on you. And the next thing you know, you're just going to be in handcuffs. So it could go that way. That's true. And it's just a Sad, sad situation. People have a right to be mad, but they're mad at the sheriffs because they can't do anything about it. 
And I mean, I'm not being flippant or insensitive to it. I wouldn't like it. But it just gets added to the list of things you really can't do anything about. And there was somebody there with valid criticism about the mail. Well, you know, I have a community mailbox that they'll walk down somewhere and get my mail. And people break into these things and they steal the mail and that's how they get identities. And it's just all too common, I, I guess. Uh, I've been blessed that it's never happened to this area, but it's, it's a terrible thing. And then to be arrested because someone commits a crime with your identity, it's, uh, you would love to be able to just smack somebody, but my goodness, that's not how it really works. So there were several people at both meetings the first one was the City of Lancaster's Homeless Commission. And then, of course, yesterday was the County Coalition, used to be the Consortium. I kind of like that. But it's the County Commission, and uh, my friend Hector Costa, lieutenant, you know, he didn't like it once when he was called Hector instead of lieutenant or whatever, commissioner. And uh, in the meeting yesterday... Toy Chisholm from our city referred to him up on the dais as Hector, and then she quickly changed it to Lieutenant Costa. And I don't think she was even in the room when he complained before a meeting about that. So it, it was just cute. And uh, everybody's working together. And they shot down some rumors that there were bed bugs in the Salvation Army shelter. And well, I think that people encounter that all over, and the story I'm going to tell you later, I mean, they claim it's not true, and I've heard from multiple sources that it isn't. So, but people have these concerns, see? But the one that I heard tonight at the sheriff's meeting is kind of funny because... Well, it's not funny. It's just, it's just frightening, and it changes their perspective. So it turns out that the city moves people out. There was a story in the paper yesterday, and it was about last week, and moving people out of things. And some of the inside scoop on some of these cleanups have to do with the people they find. And there's not only hepatitis and A and all these outbreaks, there's this flesh-eating bacteria, the MRSA, and, uh, you know, it's hard to be compassionate, and there's a lot of people that enjoy the Bible, and I certainly enjoyed my Bible education when I was young, and I love the stories. And there were the stories about the lepers, and I couldn't really put my head around what that would be like for people to be walking around, and it's like, uh, what was the Pantheon, Steve McQueen uh, movie? where he escaped from the island in the, the 19th century. And, you know, and there were, it was a leper colony, and there were two kinds of lepers. That's where you learned that you could have the non-contagious type. But I love the stories because people would walk around and then other people would have to just stay away from them. And so anybody that's got open sores with flesh-eating bacteria 
you really should stay away from. And you don't want city workers out cleaning that stuff up, touching it without protection. And that's been my point all along. You, you, you have to clean it up right if you're going to do that. And I was also blessed this week to take my son to a mental health lecture at the uh, hospital. Dr. Roger Guerin, he hosts a series of mental health lectures every month. And this one was called What's Love Got to Do With It? And basically it was just a uh, study of how what love is or, you know, chemically in the brain. And the uh, presenter... Heather Urkel is her name. She's a marriage and family therapist. She talked about a book. The book they were working off is The Five Love Languages, Gary Chapman. You can take an online test at their website to find out your type. And you can take an online test and get a score to see how you receive love, what matters to you. You know, so that way you can be sensitive to how your partner perceives things or what they like best to, to be considered or talked to or touched or, you know, it's, it's, a, it's pretty comprehensive. So that was interesting. And in all these things, there's just people trying, learning, trying to get better. And, well, in the next half, we're going to talk about what's happening in our world with our president, my president day realization, and generally what, what's ahead. There's, there's some stuff ahead. Okay, welcome back. What a difference a day makes. Yesterday there was sort of a fervor in the air of more of the Mueller dropping and of the indictment and whatever it would be. But there was a lot of interesting insights. And today was more about the, well, the continued Russian effort to hack us as well as how they learned some of that in part from Cohen and Manafort. And, and it's a, just a tangled web. But Cohen is being more helpful. And part of the problem for Donald Trump is that these cases are in the Southern District of New York, and he can't pardon people for them there. So they will pursue him. And today, really, I think the biggest talk was about whether or not the president actually can. There were signs of this yesterday. Can be indicted while in office. And I may have touched upon the Rachel Maddow podcast, Bagman, that featured stuff back from Spiro Agnew and Richard Nixon and... I guess Spiro Agnew, through his days in politics, had been pretty used to just taking cash. We had a guy like that. Oh, my gosh. I, you know, you think you could remember his name, Ryan, or something. He was the Secretary of State of Illinois, where I come from. But when he died, 
they found, you know, he had a problem kind of like the uh, cartels do. They're, they just have too much cash. They found shoeboxes of cash in his office, and he lived pretty modestly and had a modest home and, you know, did not live extravagantly. But he sure had squirreled away a lot of cash. And he didn't get that through legal means or practical means, but just using the power of his office. So that diminished his memory a little bit. And um, so you have this Agnew guy who's Richard Nixon's vice president, and you hear all the crazy stuff, and people think, and like, you know, they wouldn't get rid of Nixon in this case because of Agnew so bad to succeed him. So, but... Yeah, he was he was corrupt, and he wrote years later to the crown prince of Saudi Arabia for some money to fight the Jews. I talked a little bit about that in the first part. And it just seems, you know, the weird connection because Donald Trump moved the embassy to Jerusalem in favor of the Jews, and yet he's in with the Saudi Arabians and will overlook murder. So it's a confusing lay. But I guess if everybody making a buck makes everybody get along, is that a good thing? And some may argue it's it's how it works. And it does work that way. I mean, I, I'm really hard-pressed to give you an example of how it doesn't work that way. I don't think there's ever been a commune or a garden where peace was the outcome. It flourished, it evolved, it grew, but it stayed a perfect state. I mean, there's no such thing. There's regaining equilibrium. There's the constant quest for balance. But a more perfect union in part is built by us every day, by the way we live, and most importantly, by how we think. So that's why all this talk of civil war, if Trump is indicted, and this um, new revelation of a guy, Coast Guard, that had stockpiled weapons and was ready for the takedown, you know, the Trump takedown. He was ready to go to revolution to get Trump back. And I don't know. It's like, are you waiting for to hear something like that about that pizza gate, the guy that went to that place because he was going to find the pedophiles that were cooking pizza and molesting babies all at the same time. It just, something wrong, like the reports now are that Russia has learned so much about messing with our elections, and now it's going to be even better, a better effort. You just don't know what will set someone off. And so anybody that's already talking civil war and all this kind of crazy stuff could get set off much more easily. That's one of the dangers. And I have to tell you, I mean, there are so many things to 
fight about. But and so my rationale really stinks. I got that right. Imagine the Civil War and trying to say, for the sake of the Union, let's just knock this stuff off. Well, you know that wasn't good enough to actually. And it's such a complicated process to explain the Civil War and the run-up to the war and, oh my goodness, the railroads. It's just, I love studying about this stuff and, you know, what's happening at that time in England. And it's, I love history, but it's something that you just have to drink it and drink it and drink it and drink more and get more connections and, so you can have your theories about the why, the war, and all of it. There's things to speculate on. Lincoln's decency or, you know, morality because of the way he suspended civil liberties and habeas corpus and all the things that he really did, didn't let the newspapers publish, you know. Uh, and it is just in small places where insurrection was possible. So... There's no perfect person. There's no perfect situation. And there are always people that will think about ways that make something seem corrupted. And my belief that, like with Donald Trump, people that just cannot see the corruption for some reason, or, you know, they see it, but... They forgive it or they forgo it or they find some higher purpose to it. I'm, you know, I don't know, impressed or impacted, I guess I should say, by some of these, well, several friends I have, good friends, longtime friends, who on Facebook talk about Trump, greatest president ever, all that kind of stuff. And we can agree on all the regular stuff, but it, it makes it hard. And I, I want to find a way, because things are going to happen soon. You know, whether or not the Mueller report comes out Monday or next week or whatever, there's, there's a lot of levers to be pulled in the process and a lot of fights to be had. And so I guess even though I know it's almost silly. I say, come on, let's remember we're all Americans and we're going to uphold what America stands for and work through these things. <laughs> ¶¶